The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi, the place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi, is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. What's up? Happy Friday. I'm Brian Scott Rippey. Across from me is Greg. I say across from me. On the other end of the line is Greg the Meat Sharp. This is another edition of Fresh Cuts, a playoff edition of Fresh Cuts, the first 2021 edition of Fresh Cuts. It is uh, it is crunch time. We're going to get in to the playoff games, maybe rank them from most confident to least confident. We will probably talk to the national championship game as well. That's Monday night, if we can find a line, there's a lot of COVID, COVID madness going on with that game and that line. But uh, I'm looking forward to these games. It's the first time ever we're going to have three playoff games. I'm pretty jacked up. What's up, dude? Oh, man. Yeah, like you were saying, uh, extra game and uh, extra action. So uh, uh, we can't complain about that. That's for sure. Absolutely. It's uh, the NFL playoffs are the greatest sporting event. I say greatest sporting event. March Madness is a lot of fun. It's the greatest like three weeks of entertainment, I would say, on Earth. The games are always awesome. 
uh, to get the, I guess the negative part out of the way, not to be that guy, but having these playoff games with no fans is going to suck. Like having Buffalo play in an empty stadium, or maybe I think I saw the governor's letting him have 6,700 fans in, which is better than nothing. Having that, like that's, they're kind of the story of the NFL rabid fan base. Haven't been successful in a very long time. Like that side of things really just kind of sucks, but Nevertheless, it's going to be good football, but man, it would be awesome if this was normal circumstances. You had a rock and Superdome for Saints Bears. I'm just going to, I, I just miss the fans. I'm ready for this to be over with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we kind of, kind of sh- uh, talked about it last week about re- taking the vaccine. I mean, I'm willing to do almost anything to, to get, you know, this thing going back going. Yeah, I saw, I saw Sean Payton during one of his media availabilities this week said he brought up the idea of quarantining 50,000 people and like, you know, repeatedly testing them, putting them in quarantine so they could go to the Superdome for the playoff game on the surface. That doesn't seem remotely feasible, but uh, I would, I would extend that. I bet you could find 50,000 saints fans to quarantine for 10 days. What do you, Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, like you were saying, anybody, I mean, just any kind of sort of normal is just what we're needing, but it would it would be awesome to see uh, the you know full Superdome, but you know who knows when we'll ever get to see that again. But negative side out of the way, the football is still going to be awesome. There's some really good matchups. There's probably one game I think may be a dud, but even that one has some intriguing storylines. But outside of that, it's going to be pretty cool. But first, let's look at the regular season uh, last week of the regular season recap, I should say. We picked the bowl games from New Year's Eve on. I guess you and I recorded on the 30th. It yeah. dropped late on the 30th. Yeah, I and think then we, we started out with Tulsa, uh, a loser with Tulsa, and then I don't know how we did uh, uh, onwards. I wish that were the case. We picked Florida and Oklahoma, which was starting right after we got done recording. And uh, I wish we hadn't have done that because I picked Florida and you picked Oklahoma, and yeah, as we uh, were texting about that day, that uh, <laughs> that one was really not even a game from the start. Rough into a uh, pretty rough PR year for Dan Mullen, which is a shame because this was kind of his peak so far at Florida. He gets him to the SEC title game. They lose that in a pretty valiant effort, have a lot of understandable opt-outs, a lot of guys going pro. He kind of sticks his foot in his mouth on a couple different uh, levels, has a couple NCAA violations, and then they just get absolutely trounced by Oklahoma. That game was, uh, that game was honestly not even as close as the score. Like that game was, that game could have been sixty to ten. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, I think I tweeted was like beat them by a hundred uh, sooners, you know, and I was just like, yes, you know, so uh, just is what it is. But yeah, I don't know how that guy got coach of the year. Overall results, we you went six and five in the eleven bowl games we picked. I went five and six. We picked everything the same except for this game. That game we were just talking about. So we did pretty good there. I went eight and eight in the NFL. You went seven and nine. But both of our locks went four and one. So it was one of those weeks, a pretty solid week to ca- cash out the regular season in the sense that, like, the games for the most part that we are actually going to lay action on. Uh, actually worked out pretty well and the other ones not not so much but I mean like we do we pick them all but obviously if uh, if you're out there actually throwing money on all what how many games is that 30 something we picked um, yeah uh, probably turn this off and seek help <laughs> yeah definitely look up that 800 number and make sure you call it the right number 
the NFL games, I know you can't get this every week because of bye weeks and other stuff, but like the NFL slate was incredible last week because you had what, like five, six early games and then like eight late afternoon windows. And I know they did that to kind of maximize the drama and trying to keep up with all of these, these different playoff scenarios and all that was uh, pretty cool. My Tennessee Titans did not make it easy on themselves, but uh, doinked their way into the playoffs quite literally after letting the Houston Texans get back in the game. The uh, Saints would have had the one seat if the Bears had kind of done anything competent offensively. I'm just kind of sitting here going through storylines. I guess the overarching one that sold the show Sunday night was uh, the Reds, or excuse me, the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles and Doug Peterson in a 17-14 game just being like, yeah, I hate the Giants and I want the sixth draft pick. So uh, Nate Sudfield, who has no business probably being on an NFL field, just openly tanking. That was the most... I'm, I don't I don't really have a strong opinion on this. If you want to do what's best for your team, you don't really owe it to anyone else. But uh, I think the just complete lack of uh, even any sort of hiding the fact that they just decided they did not want to win that football game anymore was uh, off-putting to people. That was strange to watch. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. But, I mean, I've seen uh, plenty of uh, games and situations where, uh, you know, the – the, the under was the bet and they had scored too many points too quick and just watching players blatantly miss shots is kind of really funny to see, but uh, I can only imagine how bad it looks. And it, it all happened. Like it was such a, uh, it was such a quick and dramatic pivot in terms of the game because you had, it was 17, 14 Redskins at halftime and they made a hell of a catch on a touchdown pass from Alex Smith to whoever caught it. I don't remember to get up 17, 14, the Eagles are right there in the game. Jalen hurts is playing pretty well after a slow start and you get midway through the third quarter and Alex Smith throws kind of an unlucky pick out of the backfield to a running back on a little swing route. And the Eagles get the ball inside the Redskins 20, trying to take a lead. So if you're a giants fan, because they get in the playoffs at the Eagles one, you're sitting there thinking, Oh, this is actually about to happen. The Eagles get down to inside the seven, go for it on fourth down instead of kick the field goal. Don't get it. And then put Nate Sudfeld in the next drive and just pretty much wave the white flag after that. It was one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. Everyone had hot takes on it. I would argue if you're the giants and you're mad, don't go six and 10, but like they weren't even hiding it. It was kind of awkward. Like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are trying to figure out like how to, how to broach the subject lightly on the broadcast. And it just got to the point where they couldn't do it anymore. Collinsworth just kind of gave it one of those, you know, I just couldn't do this if I were the Eagles. Like, <laughs> he just didn't know what else to say. It was uh, it was strange, but that was yeah. probably the overarching storyline. Um, well, anything I mean, else that know, got to you? I would, I mean, I would just think that the NFL could probably step in and be like, and I mean, you just can't blatantly lose a game like that. I mean, like that's that's awkward. That's that's awkward. Yeah, the thing is though, like it, it it played out terribly for them because there was a division winner on the line, whereas. And this would never happen because the NFL Sunday night crew would never select a team in line for the uh, number one draft pick to host their week 17 finale. But like if that were the Jets or Jaguars doing that because they wanted Trevor Lawrence, no one would really bat an eye and everyone would laugh. But it just made people mad because there was something on the line and it just completely, completely spit in the face of any sort of competitive integrity. But I don't know. I don't really have a problem with what yeah, the Eagles I mean, did. That's, you might. That's what that's why they get paid to play, right? Exactly. Like just, I mean, at the end of the day, don't go six and 10. The Browns get into the playoff really made it hard on themselves. They almost let Mason Rudolph uh, force the game into overtime. 
at the end. Giants won, but not enough. Packers take care of business. Really not much else. I mean, we lost the Kansas City game. We probably overestimated how good the Chargers were and absolutely no one playing for the um, excuse me, for the Kansas City Chiefs because they just really had no nothing to play for. I thought the other strange one was the Rams at Arizona. I know Kyler Murray is banged up and he actually sat for part of that game, but with a playoff berth on the line, the Arizona Cardinals lost to John Wolford and the Los Angeles Rams to miss the playoffs. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, not not a great coaching job this year by any stretch. That team had more than enough talent to make the playoffs, and it comes down to, yes, that Rams defense is good, but can you beat John Wolford? And the answer was no. Of the 18 points the Rams scored, nine of them were by the defense. It was just a really ugly, bad football game, and it did not feel like there was playoff playoff implications on the line, but there, there absolutely were, um, Colts and Jags. The Jags were driving down the field to almost eliminate the Colts from the playoffs. Imagine you're a Miami Dolphins fan. You have that year. It ends the way it does. You get smacked by the bills where the bills could have scored 70 if they wanted to. And then you're hanging your hat on the Jacksonville Jaguars to go put together a game winning drive to bail you out. Spoiler. It did not work. Yeah. And then totally looking at the NFC East and a six, uh, a seven and, nine team getting into the uh, uh, winning division and getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I would argue, I would, uh, I guess kind of to wrap up on that, I would say the right team got in. Like the two teams playing the best brands of football uh, kind of most consistently out of that cesspool of a division were the Giants and the Redskins. And the Redskins are a good story. They have a good defense. Alex Smith is just kind of a, a lame duck back there, but still a fantastic story. Nonetheless, like it would have kind of sucked if the Eagles or the Cowboys had just backdoored their way in there because both of those teams are doing nothing, at least with Washington. And we'll get into their matchup with Tampa in a minute. Like they have a legitimate defense, like that can kind of hang around with teams. If, if I don't know, Eagles and, and Cowboys post absolutely no threat to anyone to me. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I always like look at the, uh, compare it, you know, the English premier league, you know, they don't have, you know, divisions and playoffs and everything, you know, it's just, uh, you get a particular number and point, you know, uh, for each game. So this would be like the ideal situation for that, you know, to where, you know, get rid of the, get rid of the divisions and everything and just, you know, the best teams get in, you know, and uh, have a, a, a true own competition instead of letting a garbage team get in. Like, you know, but I'm not saying Washington's garbage. I actually like them this week. I, you know, I think they're a good home dog. So, um, you know, but it just, you know, uh, the whole division thing, it's just, uh, that's just how it works sometimes. Absolutely. That was really kind of wrapping up all the storylines. None of the other games really, really made much of a difference. You had really the predictable coach firings there. You know, you didn't really have that shocking coach firing this year where you kind of looked up and you're not like, there's usually one per year where you're not just totally stunned, but you're like, Oh, I didn't necessarily see that happening this year. Unless I'm missing one. They were all pretty predictable. Like Adam Gase, of course, gone Doug Marone, course gone from Jacksonville. Anthony Lynn did not survive, even though there was some buzz that he might retain his job because they won their last four just really no no surprises but you're gonna have a uh, quite a few openings and um i guess to kind of put a bow on everything thing to look out for this offseason for particularly the non-playoff teams we kind of hit on this throughout the season but you're i think you're gonna see a ton of quarterback movement in free agency and trades unlike anything you really ever see in the nfl i mean there's even rumblings of deshaun watson being traded and we've talked that into existence for two months but like Stafford's going to be on the move. I don't really know what they do with Derek Carr. I think he's back, but 
you're going to have some quarterbacks move around. It's going to be kind of fascinating to watch. Darnold maybe looks like he's back now, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you were saying, uh, Aaron Rodgers has kind of uh, put, you know, submitted his feet in Green Bay. I thought he was going to be on the move, uh, but um, we were trying to find odds on that. You remember that? Yeah, (laughs) I thought he was for sure going to be on the move, but man, uh, uh, he is on fire, man. He's he's, I mean, he he just he's a he's he's a good quarterback and. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I, I like the Packers to you know, make the Super Bowl. I think they're going to, it's going to be over the Saints, but, uh, I don't know, man, that Saint defense might sneak up, but yeah, that's going to be a really good, uh, a really good playoffs this, uh, this year. Before we get into the board and kind of get into our playoff previews, uh, what's happening at the store? I, when I get off work, uh, this evening, this Friday evening, am cooking some filet burgers, stop by the store last week it was absolutely slam packed when i got in there you should follow me and you should go to lb's and do the same thing this weekend if you're out there listening but uh what's going on this week yeah we uh i mean we were just we were busy and uh we got uh, a bunch of fish in today i got some halibut some tuna um we got some uh grouper and uh, uh zach made a uh we got some high temperature pepper jack cheese so a high temperature cheese is a cheese that doesn't melt at a particular uh, uh, temperature, so it actually stays solid. Uh, so he just got done doing a spicy ribeye with pe- uh, with pepper jack cheese. So that should be a pretty Ooh. good sausage. Um, and then uh, we did a uh, smoky bacon burger. So we do a uh, double smoke the bacon and grind it up into the, uh, the ground Wagyu. And uh, we put some of that high temperature pepper jack cheese and mixed it in there. So uh, a smoky bacon um, pepper jack burger. So I actually uh, test drove it, make sure make sure it was okay. And uh, it was uh, for just being bread, meat, and uh, you know that's it. It was probably one of the better um, burgers uh, out there. So definitely got to take advantage of that. But you know, just basic stuff. You know, all business as usual. We'll have plenty of lane trains. We do the. Uh, Lane train uh, clipboard special on Sunday, which is an $8 filet. So, yeah, business is good. And, you know, it's just that time of year where kids are kind of coming back and, you know, coming back from the holidays. So uh, we're still rolling up there. Check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. If that description didn't make you hungry, I don't really know what will. Uh, that definitely made me want and crave uh, some LB's at the moment. But go check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Won't regret it. Let's uh let's before we get into the LB's board this week, I'm putting you on the spot here because I did not prep you this for that all for you. I can't talk today this at all beforehand. But do you have a Super Bowl prediction? Who do you think is going to meet in the Super Bowl? Man, you know it's hard to not uh, put the Chiefs in there whenever they're playing all their players and their full strength just because of Patrick Mahomes and the way uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing, you know, it's hard to not say a chiefs uh, chiefs um, Packers, but you know, I think that saints defense is, uh, is, has got a little bit extra. And uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be surprised to see the saints, you know, um, beat green Bay, but uh, I think it's going to be an extremely competitive uh, playoffs, but um, I, I like, uh, I like either saints and Packers in the NFC and um, you know, man, I, I it's hard not to take the Chiefs, but the way Tennessee can run the ball and, and control games with Derrick Henry, I mean, you always have to have to throw that into the mix. But, 
you know, and Buffalo's playing really good. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a very competitive. So um, I kind of like a sleeper with the Titans uh, pick for the AFC, but uh, I really think it's just going to probably come down to the Chiefs, Packers, and Saints on this uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, the whole storyline throughout most of this year was, and most of it is still true, is that the NFC is wide open, which I think it is. I think the Saints and the Packers are probably a slight tier above everyone else, but not by very much at all. And then none of those other teams really, they're all flawed, and including the Saints and Packers, but I think they're slightly better. To whereas most of the year, I think most people assumed, the particularly after like 10, 12 weeks, um, when the Titans weren't playing as well and the Ravens had fallen off, that it was just a foregone conclusion that Kansas City was going to come out of the AFC. And that's still probably the case. But then the way the Buffalo Bills closed the last, what, six weeks of the season, what, they go 13 and three, they're probably playing better than anyone in the NFL. Can they go to Arrowhead and win in an AFC championship game? I don't know, but I want to see the matchup a hell of yeah. a lot more than I did, you know, six to eight weeks ago, where it was like, and, and I don't really actually, buy yeah. it. That's actually a rematch. Uh, I think Buffalo's only losses are uh, Kansas City, Tennessee, and um, the Hail Mary, where they should have won Mary. in Arizona, but they got super unlucky. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, don't, I mean, it's, it's hard not to take any credit away from that Buffalo team. They're a solid club. And uh, those three losses, uh, the, I mean, actually two losses, uh, um, you know, look pretty good on the resume. So it's hard not to, and, and you know, and they're due, you know, there's some teams out there that are just due. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a sleeper uh, Buffalo Bills uh, come through on this. Just to go something different, my official Super Bowl prediction will be Bills Packers. I think the Packers are for real. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. He's playing out of his mind. That defense is really good. I think the Saints probably give them the best test. But I, I just think the Packers are a little bit better. And just for the sake of uh, shaking it up a little bit, I'll pick the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. It's a fun storyline. Now, whether they can beat Mahomes, as I mentioned earlier, who the hell yeah. knows? But just to shake it up a little bit, because two yeah. sides, okay. two Packers feels boring. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll get better odds with Buffalo for sure. I mean, you know, I think uh, I don't. I think that 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 money line on uh, the individual bet for Kansas City to make the Super Bowl isn't that you know isn't that juicy. Speaking of, uh, and I say I say boring. I just described a game involving Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers is boring. I meant the pick. It's not fun to just say Packers and Chiefs, the two one seeds. If that actually happens, that game will be absolutely anything but boring. But speaking of the Buffalo Bills, they are our first game of the weekend. They're the twelve oh five game on Sunday. They are playing. They kind of got a crappy draw. Um, they're the two seed. You know, they're the best team playing this weekend, but they have to play the Indianapolis Colts, which is not the team I would want to play uh, in the AFC. They're kind of, I mean, their defense is really good. They kind of go as Phil Rivers goes. They've been really inconsistent to end the year, but that's a, that's a not easy playoff matchup. It is Buffalo minus six. Where yeah. are we going on this? I, I, I like the points here. I just think this is going to be a field goal game. Uh, uh, I, I think this was a bad, bad draw for Buffalo. And, uh, you know, uh, Indianapolis uh, is sneaky good running the ball with Jonathan Taylor, a uh, rookie, uh, rookie out of Wisconsin, and has had a really good year, over 1,000 yards rushing. So, um, you know, it's not like the Colts can't run the ball. And, uh, you know, maybe Phil, Phil Rivers, you know, doesn't make the mistake that he normally makes in big playoff games. But uh, that defense is pretty decent. But, 
you just, you know, you totally see, you know, Buffalo, you know, having a really good year and uh, just getting a bad draw and uh, landing flat on their face on this. But I just think a field goal is going to win this game, regardless if it's Indianapolis or Buffalo. But I just I'd, I'd rather have the, the extra points in this game. I'm going to go the other way on this one, but it would not shock me if the Colts like no result in this game would shock me. And this is probably one like you're actually talking about it. I'll change my mind on four times between now and Saturday afternoon. Like the way the Colts in my mind win this game is that they turn Allen over a couple of times early. They build up a 14 nothing lead and really just kind of hold on for dear, dear life and kind of run the clock and control the game with you've mentioned Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins a little bit's been getting some love the last couple of weeks. But uh, Buffalo is Buffalo has shown, you know, we talked about those teams when we were making these picks all years, the teams you trust when the line is more than a touchdown and it was the Packers and the Chiefs about four weeks before the end of the regular season, we should have put the bills on there because the bills to their credit don't let up. Like when they get going, they don't let up at all. Like they're up 14 and they'll go down and make it 21. They don't really get complacent. I'm going to go the bills reluctantly here, but this is probably one of the few matchups. I don't really have much uh, confidence in. And that is another thing that I forgot to tease because I am just terrible at this. We are going to rank these on a confidence scale one to six since we don't have locks this week and for that confidence i am gonna put that at a three i'll stick it right in the middle not hugely confident but uh at the same time there's two others i just don't have a feel for at all what uh where are you going confidence points wise on this yeah i mean i I mean you know i kind of feel middle of the road like a three on this also um you know it can go either way buffalo's been playing really good and it's hard um, hard to bet against them, uh, especially whenever you brought that stat out in the last like four, four or five weeks. So um, I'm going to go with you on this three. Uh, it's just a kind of a, it can go either way, really. It really can. Yeah, that Colts money line at plus 220 does not uh, does not look too shabby at all. And then the over-under in this game is 51, but these are two pretty damn good defenses. That might, might be worth throwing on the under, but at the same time, the Bills and Josh Allen offensively have been just absolutely ridiculous um, the last month, month and a half of the season. So something to uh, something to check out there, absolutely. So we're both – we're going opposite sides. You're going Colts, I'm going Buffalo, but we're both ranking that a three on the one to six-point scale confidence-wise. But what a treat to start the wild card weekend. You know, you normally get that crappy uh, ESPN game that's still kind of fun at the same time, but it's the – like I always think of it as the like Matt Schaub versus Andy Dalton, where like the Bengals <laughs> and the, uh, the the Houston Texans met in that game like twenty times in a row. It seemed like in the in the early twenty tens, but not this year. That's a CBS game. I think that will be. I don't know if that's. I don't know who's on the broadcast for that, but that's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, should be a really good game. Second game on Saturday afternoon, Ram Seahawks. You have two divisional rematches this week, which I. Uh, which I find kind of strange. And one of them, the two teams played last week. That is not this one. This is an interesting game because I just don't know what you do with this. The Rams, it looks like they're going to get Cooper cup back from everything I read um, entering the entering this week or before we podcast, it would probably be a better way to put it, which is hugely important for their offense. But there's all this weird Jared Goff stuff going on. He did not, he has a broken thumb and maybe that kind of contributed to why he'd been so bad the three weeks before, but you had John Wolford come in last week, and though they only scored nine offensive points, he can run a little bit and did not look uh, bad at all. And there's 
kind of some local media buzz there about how even if Goff can play, go with Wolford just because how dreadful Goff has been. So weird, weird stuff going on with the Rams. Very good defense, and they have all their weapons back. Seattle is minus three and a half in Seattle in this game. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah man, that's just... A- this is just tricky, man. I mean, you just uh, you don't know what the Jared Goff situation, and uh, uh, you kind of really want to you know pull the trigger on a bet if uh, if you know what the Jared Goff situation is. But I, I like I like um, Seattle here. I mean, I just um, I think they're healthier. I mean, I think they're you know, the better team right now. But uh, you know, just got to keep an eye on that golf situation, and this could be easily be a uh, field goal to win and you get the hook, you know, to, uh, to secure the victory. So I wouldn't shy away from the Rams, but i just, I think Seattle's uh, a little bit better team and a, be- a little bit better situation at home. I'm going with you on this one. Seattle won an ugly game last week in week 17 against the 49ers in which they trailed for most of that game. But I, I just think I, they're a better team. I would advise buying this down to three. it's worth the hook because you just don't want to get screwed at the end and you want to escape with a push if at all possible. But I just think they're more potent offensively than the Rams. And, you know, you talked about for the first eight weeks of the season, how bad Seattle's defense was. And then they added a couple pieces. They added Carlos Dunlap. That's been a pretty salty defense for the last, I'd say six, seven weeks of the season. So that's a, that's a good enough defense now where Russell Wilson could carry it to the Super Bowl. And that wouldn't stun me at all. To whereas if you, you know, asked me in week five, they were the worst defense in the NFL. They just had absolutely no prayer, but they made some some kind of patchwork moves within the season. The Carlos Dunlap thing in particular has given them a pass rush. They're at home. I think they're the much better team or much more complete team, I would say. Um, and if you're talking about you don't know who's starting a quarterback for the Rams and I get Russell Wilson, I'll take Russell Wilson and I would buy that down to three. So I'm going Seattle as well. On the confidence-wise on this game, I am going to put this at a two. I'm really just not a great feel for any of these. No, I'm going to put it at a four because I can't, I, I've got two more left that I, I'm really not confident in. I'll put it at a four be, just because they're the home team and, uh, and, and it's only a field goal with Russell Wilson. So I'll go up, up one from Buffalo. I'll go a four. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I'm, I'm with you on that four. Um, you know, and plus you have DK Medcast, who is, you know, one play away from, you know, making a big play. And uh, so I, I, that's always an extra incentive uh, to take uh, to take it. So I'm going to go with you on the four with with Seattle. So I, I just think it's a solid bet. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, if the Rams pull it out, they pull it out, you know. So but I, I like Seattle here. Last game of the night is going to be the one, boy. If you're a if you're a kind of a, a a wagering man and on these first two games, and you get down and say you lose the first two, this last one's not going to be much fun for you. It's the Washington. It's the worst game of the weekend. This was the one I was alluding to in the tease that I think would probably be a dud. This is the worst game of the weekend. It's the Washington football team sneaks in the playoffs at seven and nine, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I figured this game would be around ten. As of right now, it is the Washington football team plus eight. But don't you know if, if, if you've lost the first two of these games and you had some drinks in you, you just lay Brady in the Bucks. But, man, do you feel great about that with, with it being minus eight and kind of the way the Bucks have looked sometimes? Brady looked the best he's looked all season. I think he threw for almost 1,000 yards in the last, like, two and a half, maybe like 10 quarters. 
of the season. Granted, not against good teams, but I don't really care. That's numbers against anyone. I'll let you go first on this one. I I, I don't have a feel for this, but yeah, where are you going on this? I'm going to go with the uh, with the uh, the Washington football team, man. I mean, every time um, Tampa Bay runs into trouble, it's Brady not and be able to step up in the pocket and you know have a clear. I mean, I, I think I think uh, who's the defensive end? Uh, Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, I just think Chase Young has a field day, man, and I just think that. Uh, uh, whenever uh, Tom Brady has trouble with, you know, step, not stepping up in the pocket, then uh, I, I like the under in this game for some strange reason. I, if there's any, if there's any bet, I just, uh, I think that, you know, Washington's defense is good enough to, you know, to hold them to, uh, to 20 points, if not, if not less. And I, again, I could be totally wrong on it, but I just like the way, you know, Alex Smith has come back and play and, uh, you know, I think Washington's a different team when Alex Smith's uh, uh, playing quarterback versus, well, they don't have Haskins anymore. But, I mean, they're all in on Alex Smith. But uh, I think they'll run the ball. They've got, you know, a, a decent running game and can control the ball. But I, I'm going to go with the home dog here. Um, I just uh, I think that it's going to be a, a, a low-scoring uh, tight game for some strange reason. I've talked myself into all both favorites so far, which is never the case, particularly on wild card weekend. Like one of this is just never happening. I, I know that for a fact. I, I think I'm going to go with you. And you just outlined the case as to why the Washington football team would win this game. They win this game because Brady's a statue. You know, you've been hearing for 20 something years. You know, if you get pressure on Brady, you have a chance. But particularly in New England. That was really hard to do. There was a lot of people that did not get pressure on Tom Brady. He won his fair share of Super Bowls, I would say. So I don't know. Buck's got a pretty good offensive line. But at the same time, that Washington football team defensive line with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, a couple of those other guys, really, really salty. And I think that's their – I just don't know if they can score enough points. I'm going to go with you on this. I'm going to go the Washington football team plus eight at home. Um, Not that that matters too much. But I just I don't feel confident in this at all. I feel like I'm taking into a sucker bet because the other side of this is the Bucs are a much better team. They're a much better offense. And if like Brady and the Bucs can obviously win this game with an eight and not cover the eight point line. But like if they flirt with losing this game and God forbid they lose, that would probably what? That's the worst playoff loss of Brady's career, right? Losing oh, to a seven yeah. and nine team. That oh, wouldn't be yeah. close. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, regardless of. He's not with the New England Patriots. I mean, that, that's that's a really, really bad playoff. And, you know, it's not going to affect his legacy. But, I mean, you know, uh, to, to you know, leave the Patriots and, you know, sign with Tampa Bay. And, you know, the, the offensive talent they have on the offensive – I mean, they've got uh, Brown. They've got uh, – I mean, you know, they've got really good options on the uh, – as far as a receiver for Tampa Bay. So, it's just – it would be a big – it would be a big uh, sore thumb on him. But I, I just think that it's just going to be a, under, uh, a low-scoring game. I like the under. I would take the under on this. I, uh, I, I think that's a pretty good play on this one as well. The over-under is 44-and-a-half. If you could get that up, let's see where it goes. It probably goes down if I had to guess, but if you can get that at like 45, 45-and-a-half, somewhere in there, that's probably a pretty good play. As far as the confidence, I'm ranking this at one. I, I don't have a feel for this game at all. Um, even with the Browns, which we'll get to in a second, I just uh, I, I don't get this one. Like I, I, if I, I'm picking the, the Washington football team with, just kind of throwing caution to the wind. I don't have a feel for this. So this is by far my least confident game of the weekend. If there yeah. was such thing as like a, this game should be 
the ESPN game. This should be the kind of like, ugh, this is gross, but it's not. But anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I, this is about the lowest on the scale. I, I mean, I, I think that Washington's a decent football team. If they keep it, if the, if the game goes under, your Washington bet's going to be a decent bet. I just think that uh, – I mean, it might can easily be 23 to seven, you know, and you still hit the under, you know, so uh, it's a tough bet. uh, But, you know, it's one of those uh, snoozers that you hope that you watch the first half and it's decent and you you don't fall asleep in the second half on it. I just wish I knew how healthy Alex Smith was because you saw last week he was pretty solid when he was in the pocket. But when that Eagles defensive line got pressured on him at all he just simply couldn't move to the point where kind of some of the announcers were calling for taylor heineke the kid that had been in ron rivera's system before in carolina played okay the week before when he replaced dwayne haskins like i just want to know how healthy uh alex smith is i don't think you're going to get a ton of information on that i'm like talking myself out of my own bet i'm just scared (laughs) i'm going to sit down with my lb's filet burgers at some point this weekend sit down on saturday night and uh, I am on the Redskins plus eight with some man named Taylor Heineke quarterbacking the team. <laughs> that would be the disaster scenario. Well, it just is what it is, and that's why you bet the score, bet, bet the game. So we're, we're both both on the Washington football team, not feeling Tom Brady and the Bucks. If there's one pick this weekend that I think might come back to bite us, it might be that one. But hey, we ranked it a one out of six, so we're kind of uh, waving the white flag in our own right. So that's the Saturday slate. We both had the exact same confidence ranking. You went the Colts with a three. I went Buffalo with a three. We both went Seattle with a four and Washington each with a one. Not confident in that whatsoever. So that's your Saturday slate. Pretty good slate of football. Having three games in a day is awesome. Uh, don't take it for granted. People that kind of crapped on the NFL expanding the playoffs don't really understand that. Playoff football is already always awesome. When you can get two more games out of a weekend, why would you not take it? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for the, you know, the college uh, game to get that extra playoff too, you know, just like the NFL did, but they didn't do it. So it is what it is. I hate to go ultra homer here, but I would say ironically enough, and this maybe is just the perfect, the perfect analogy for this 2020 season, the game of the weekend, in my opinion, is the ESPN ABC game. The what you know, ESPN usually gets the crappy playoff game from the NFL this year. They get titans ravens which i would say is the game of the weekend these guys kind of have bad blood the titans upset them in a game that literally no one thought they would win last year in the afc divisional round that was really kind of the peak of that team obviously it was their last win they lost in kansas city next week but the derrick henry beast mode derrick henry jump pass that was one of the greatest games of his life it was absolutely incredible to watch as a titans fan in their first real moment as a franchise in in quite a long time, honestly, probably maybe since that Super Bowl. Then the Titans win in Baltimore this year. You had the little dust up before the game between the coaches because the Titans were dancing on the logo. John Harbaugh kind of got into ultra Harbaugh mode and thought it was disrespectful. Pretty lame if you ask me, but I say this is the game of the weekend. This line is shocking to me. Tennessee's defense is bad. I don't think Tennessee can win three games in a row and make the Super Bowl with the defense they have unless they change something. But uh, they're plus three and a half at home against these Baltimore Ravens. That shocked me. Baltimore playing much better down the stretch, but they also beat up on a ton of bad teams. So I'm not sure how much I buy that. Tennessee plus three and a half. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, last year, I think uh, Baltimore was uh, either ten and a half point favorite or 
maybe bigger than that last I year. I think it was exactly that. I think it was between – I think it floated between 10.5 and, and 12 all week. Yeah, and, you know, just um, – man, uh, I like Tennessee in this game. I just, you know, I think that um, – I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson – I, I just I, I, mean, I just don't trust his arm. I mean, you can stop a run game, I feel like, and uh, you just can't be one-dimensional. And of course, he's probably going to th- come out and throw two passes in his per- you know in the first series and you know march down the field. I just like uh, the, the the mentality of, of the Titans here. Uh, they've gone on the road in a playoff uh, scenario and already beaten uh, beaten a Baltimore team. So I mean, I feel like that confidence definitely helps. So. Uh, I think uh, you'll see a lot of Derrick Henry and uh, just trying to control that clock and keep uh, Lamar Jackson on the sideline. And uh, I, I just see t- uh, Tennessee winning this game. We're agreeing again. And my fear in this, though, <clears throat> is that this becomes the trendy home underdog pick of the weekend as far as the public. And I wake up on Sunday morning, 90% or something of the public money is on the Titans. And then I just have an existential crisis not knowing what to do. Because you know what happens when you know the public is hugely on something. The other thing's going to happen. But I'm actually, I don't really care what happens. I'm going Tennessee plus three and a half. Um, and I'm locking this as a six. This is my most confident pick of the weekend. Call me a homer. I don't care. I just like this. I like the Titans in this spot. Derrick Henry playing well, Ryan Tannehill playing well. I I hate the way the defense is playing, but if you're going to beat the Tennessee Titans, you're going to torch their secondary. They play a ton of man and they suck at it. Their defensive front is actually not that bad. And I'm just not sure I trust Lamar Jackson to do that. So I'm going Titans plus three and a half and probably sprinkling a little bit on the plus 145 money line. Man, if you're Lamar Jackson and you lose to this same Titans team again, he thought the storylines last all season were bad. It's only going to get worse. He needs this win, which is what scares me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's going to be a really good game, like you were saying. Um, I, I'm not a six on this, but I'm at least a four. Have I used a four? Use four on Seattle. You want to go five? Okay, I'll do a five on this. You can this. switch. There are no rules on this podcast. You wanna <laughs> go? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll rock a five. I mean, uh, I'm not completely – I. I it, it can go either way, man. I mean, you know, like you were saying that uh, it, it seems like, you know, this is a Tennessee right up, you know, money line all, all day long. And then you wake up and it's uh, what, what, what are you thinking? Like 42 to 14 Ravens, if, if you know, worst case scenario, something like that. That would suck. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, but. I just like Tennessee. I just think they'll control the the ball and uh, keep them on the sidelines. I just I think it's a I think it's a solid bet. I just like uh I like the confidence in uh, them already winning there in a playoff scenario. So uh, it, that definitely helps. So I, I like Tennessee here on the five. I just think they have the tight. I just think they have their number. I, I think this is one of those where the Titans and the Titans is you know Mike Vrabel for all of his flaws sometimes. They kind of embody his 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 mindset in the playoffs, where it's it's a hard nose. We're going to hit you in the off the run with our gigantic freak of a running back, and that's the way we're going to play. The thing that scares me with this year's Titans team, the special teams is awful. They're the worst special teams in the NFL, and that's how you get beat in the playoffs. So I'm not talking myself out of this pick, but man, in a field goal game, how mad are you going to be when the Titans miss two kicks and have a punt block? That's the kind of stuff that's going to get you killed in this game and get you to that 42-14 result. So I'll ride with it, though. I'm staying with it. I can't believe I'm doing a six. I just talked myself out of the six. 
but I'm going to stick with it. But man, if the Titans start missing kicks, everyone out there listening can just picture me jumping out of a window. <laughs> well, I'll jump out of the window with you, man. So Titans plus three and a half. We both went in the Titans. You went with a five. I went with the six. That's a, to me, game of the weekend. That's the one I know I'm a Titans fan, but that's the one I'm most look, looking forward to, even as a neutral observer, just because of the history and the way the two teams play. Then we are now on to your team. The after the mid-afternoon game, CBS game, uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears in the Dome. If there's anything you miss the most about playoff football, like if there's two home crowds I miss the most, it's the Saints and the Bills, and it's a damn shame that we're in the situation that we're in. But it is what it is, a uh, silent dome on 340 on CBS on Sunday afternoon. The New Orleans Saints are minus five and a half against Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. This is big enough to make you sweat. Yeah, I mean, I just think Saints are uh, are just a better uh, team overall, defense-wise and offense-wise. Uh, this is my number six that I feel confident in. I just think that the Saints are just a better team, and I can easily see this being, I don't know, 35-14, um, if not more. I mean, you know, uh, I just I just think the match, uh, Mike Thomas comes back. Uh, I just, you know, I just, I, I like the Saints a lot. I just think that the, uh, um, the Mitchell uh, Trubisky show finally it comes to conclude and, uh, you know, ends in New Orleans. But, you know, when, it, when you were talking about missing fans and everything, I wonder what whist, uh, the whistle guy d- does on Sunday. You know, the guy for the Saints that has the whistle uh, on his head and he just whistles like like during every play. Like, I wonder what that guy's been doing like every Sunday. You know, I mean, like. That's probably his highlight of the of, of the of the week, you know, getting to dress up like whistle guy and going to the games. He can hang out with that guy from Vanderbilt and bust each other's eardrums. But. <laughs> I mean, it's just stuff like that, you know. You just uh, you just you just miss the whole you know camaraderie of uh, people at a game and everything like that. So I really uh, really do feel for the uh, people in New Orleans because there's people in New Orleans that live for the uh, for live for Saints games and. Uh, the Saints used to be, a, you know, a really bad franchise. And, uh, you know, they've really turned the corner real well with Sean Payton. And, uh, you know, I just think it's the, this is their year. So I, I, I like the Saints to roll here. Saints are a fascinating storyline to me entering this playoffs because it has a very Peyton Manning-esque feel in Peyton Manning's last season in Denver where they had a hell of a defense and it was just like, can he be serviceable enough for the – for that defense to carry them to a Super Bowl. Now, the thing the Saints have going for them, Drew Brees, while far from what he used to be, is not near as a wounded duck as Peyton Manning was that last season. So it's not a perfect comparison. I'm not saying it's close to the same thing. Drew Brees is much more competent than Peyton was at that state in his career. But it's kind of a similar storyline where Brees is not, quote-unquote, winning games for them much anymore, and you're going to ride that defense I just have a hard time taking the nine and a half and I'm going to use my one switch on this in this thing. I think I, I, I screwed up the order here. I'm going to switch Buffalo to my five and then I'm going to take the Chicago bears plus nine and a half as a three in my confidence wise. So I make the switch from Buffalo to Chicago. I just think it's too many points in that bears defense will keep them in it. But at the same time, Mitchell Trubisky is not going to fare well against that saints defense, but 
that's just too many points for me. I'm probably I'm throwing my hand up right now. I'll probably have my foot in my mouth by the end of this. But just give me the points because Chicago's defense is confident enough. But I don't feel great about that one, and there's no way I could have put it at a five. And I'm not putting it at a one because of the game we're getting to next. But um, yeah, I mean, what's the what's the Bears' path to victory there? They just get after Breeze all day. He turns it over a couple times. They get up like twenty to seven and just beg the defense to not let up two touchdowns in the second half. Yeah, it's an interesting game. I mean, you know, it can go either way. I mean, you know, the Saints can get out, you know, to an early 14 nothing lead and, uh, uh, you know, the Bears try to play catch-up. And I just don't see that Bears offense being a really good catch-up kind of situation. They need an early turnover or a pick six or, you know, something um, something early to happen on to, you know, to get the momentum going. But it's definitely going to help that there's no fans there. You know, that's, uh, that's one of the things because there's, you know, that was something um, – some teams actually, you know, would set up, you know, big speakers and turn up crowd noise and practice just to prepare for uh, for games like that. Yeah, I agree. And that's honestly part of my um, part of my reasoning uh, for this pick as well, is I think the no crowd noise will help Mitch. I, I, I don't I don't really know what I'm doing here. I, I feel like I'm just setting myself up for a terrible weekend. I don't I don't feel great with anything I picked. And to be completely honest, I might switch them before we get to Sunday. Who the hell knows? But for the sake of this podcast, I'll stick with it, but I just don't feel great about it. But at the same time, like, I mean, the saints could be up what 24, 10, 24, 13 with four and a half minutes left. And Mitch drops him down the field for like a bull crap field goal or, or just kind of a horse shit cover. Like, I'll cautiously take the points because I think the Bears defense is confident enough. But uh, the Saints should have no should have no problem actually winning this game because um, God God help them if they do after that Kirk Cousins debacle last year. You have to win this game. Saints are a better team. I'll just take the points. I think yeah. I'm going to miss this game. To be honest, I'm already talking myself out of it again. Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's it, it's hard to not take a, a lot of points in playoff games, you know. But uh, if there's anybody that can cover a uh, a double digit spread it's saints, but, uh, I think you're kind of right. Maybe that last, uh, last minute touchdown, it really doesn't matter. Our last minute field goal to make it a one possession game, uh, to get an onside kick, uh, that might come into factor for sure. I might, that's a good angle. The winner of this game, do they get the bucks next week? If the saints win a buck winner, a bucks, Washington football team. I, I think so. I'm going to work to confirm that right now, but that's a man. You're talking about the saints. The saints have a pretty interesting path because they've had now granted. It's tough to beat a team three times. Uh, like they they've already beaten the bucks twice, but assuming the bucks take care of business, the saints are, are, are set up pretty nicely to go to Lambeau field with, you call it a free shot, but not really a free shot, just kind of a one-off shot to, to get breeze to one more super bowl. I would like the way this, uh, this set up for me. If I was the new, if I was a new Orleans saints fan, let me make sure I have this right. Yeah, yeah may, I believe yeah. they get Washington, Tampa, and then you know you get a a Green Bay, maybe Seattle match, a, a rematch. I think they've already played once this year. Maybe I think I'm not sure. I'm not 100. I think they might have played uh, uh, Green Bay and Seattle. Might have played uh, this year. I'm not 100 on that. Uh, Green Bay, Seattle. I don't I think, know. I, I don't know that, but I think that would be a really good game. I just, you know, I just don't see the Rams. Uh, I don't know. I might be completely wrong, and the Rams' defense carries that uh, team to that win. 
Yeah, I just don't know what the Rams are doing at the quarterback position. And like, that's, that's a, you have two playoff teams this week where you're like, yeah, is the, I mean, I, uh, Alex Smith is going to play, but at the same time, like it, it, you never really see this much uncertainty in the playoffs as far as quarterback position. I mean, the bears hate Mitch Trubisky. They were trying to get rid of him as the story goes on. You have like three teams that are just not even sure on their quarterbacks going into this, which I, uh, which is just kind of odd. You don't really, uh, you don't really get that very often as it pertains to the playoffs. So anyway, you were both going the, or you're going the saints. I'm going the bears. You went with a six, six yep. and I'm going bears with a three. So let's see. I wanted one, to, one. yeah, I wanted to make sure how in the world can no one just give me a, a normal NFL playoff record. I want to make, I'll look up the seating in a second. The last game of the weekend you have, this is a weird one because the Cleveland Browns, the poor Cleveland Browns cannot have nice things, Greg. They make the playoffs for the first time in however many years. It's the second long, or maybe it was the longest drought in the NFL. They were not very many fans there to see them clinch it against the Steelers. And then they have a COVID-19 outbreak and are going to be without their coach, two assistant coaches, one of the two parts of a the best guard combo in the NFL and potentially their best safety. Good Lord, Cleveland does not deserve this. This is a shame. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we never thought that we would say Cleveland Browns playoff playoff team, but, you know, they made it and they had a really good run. But, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's almost kind of like the Ohio State situation. If they have COVID issues and they, you know, don't have their best players, uh you know, give it give it some uh, an extra week. I mean, they've given the um, Super Bowl an extra week, uh, so why not give the national championship an extra week? I don't know, but it, it's it's tough. But um, you know, protocols are protocols, and uh, if you you know if you test positive, you gotta you know do what it is. But I, I, I mean, I feel bad for Cleveland just because you know they had hit a dry spell and uh, finally finally get to the playoffs and and here and here this what happens. Quick, quick clarification note. I believe I got that wrong. The uh, the Saints would get the winner of Seahawks Rams uh, next week, so it would not be the the winner of Washington Football Team and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will go to Green Bay. So the okay. Saints will get the winner of Seattle uh, L.A. I was I knew I probably had that wrong because the seating didn't line up on the back end. But anyway, they'll get the winner of uh, Rams Seahawks. So if you're a Saints fan, aren't you rooting for the Rams? I know you had the <laughs> NFC Championship yeah, sure. deal a couple of years ago, but I would not. I would want no part of Russell Wilson in the divisional round in the dome and DK Metcalf in that offense. I would be rooting hard for the Rams on that because sure. if you get a Ram Saints second round, the defenses are basically a wash, and then you have John Walford and Jared Goff versus Drew Brees. Uh, give me the Saints in that one. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, that's a t- that's a tough call, but uh, you know that's that's why they have the playoffs. Anyway, back to the COVID bowl. Um, the, I just feel bad for the Browns like this sucks. And this line is at six. So it is the Steelers minus six. These teams played last week. No one played for the Steelers. So that game doesn't really mean anything. The, as of this recording, we're actually recording this on a Thursday evening. Um, the Browns have yet to practice. They've had virtual meetings all week. Kevin Sosfansky will not coach in this game. Who is Baker's offensive coordinator. <laughs> But this, I just hate doing the Steelers, man. Like, I don't know what they are as a team. They looked terrible 
the last five games of the season outside of one half against the Indianapolis Colts. They've just looked not very good. I don't know what to make of this game. This is obviously as we, I mean, if you can do the math here, this is my one, one or two confidence just because of the Washington game. I don't have any confidence at all. Where are you going on this? Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, you know, uh, how, how, I mean, because the Steelers at one point were undefeated and, you know, didn't really play anybody. And then they lose how many games? Four out of the last five? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they don't, they, it took a hell of, or I guess three of the last five, because it took a hell of a comeback against the Colts two weeks ago to, uh, to avoid losing it. Oh, no, yeah, they, they did lose down, four out of five. Yeah. They lost last week. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I was they, thinking they I didn't think, play anyone, but they lost. Yeah. Um, they were down 24 uh, seven to Indianapolis, I think. Uh, in that game. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's hard, hard to choose, hard to flip a coin on, on the Steelers and you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, um, I, man, I'm going to go with the Browns. I, I mean, I, I'm not confident with it at all. I just, you know, uh, I would like the, the Browns to, to, to get it. Uh, I, I, I just like the Browns for some strange reason, just not I, confident I, whatsoever with it. Yeah, no, you're, you're right on there. And we both have to slot this as a two because we've used up all the other numbers. I'm with you, though. I'm just going to – I hope this gets to seven before Sunday. But I, I'm just of the – and you might buy it to seven and a half or something if you can. But I'm just of the logic, like, who's who's throwing money on the Browns this week? This feels like a very public money line – public money Steelers game. And, you know – Yes, without them not having a guard is gonna ha- is gonna hurt bad because that Steelers defensive line is rabid. But the the Browns have an identity. The Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb thing is deadly, and Baker has thrown one pick in his last like six games or something. Some ridiculous stat I saw earlier this week. He's been pretty good with what he is, but how like he doesn't have his guard and he doesn't have his offensive coordinator. I'll still go with them. I just think I know what they are more than the Steelers. This I don't know what the Steelers are. The Steelers don't run the ball. They're they're pretty much pass only. Their defense is good, but they've just been inconsistent. I'll go Cleveland plus six. I, again, I'm probably going to change a couple of these in terms of what I actually go with by Sunday because I'm indecisive human being. But I'll go Browns here, kind of an us against the world game. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, if uh, if there's any time, you know, uh, this would be a typical uh, a brown a typical Browns win. You know, against all odds, not having their starting guard and this sort of thing. Uh, I mean, you know, why, why not uh, uh, take the Browns and just uh, roll the dice? The last couple of years, I've been really good on wildcard weekend. I didn't miss one last year, not to brag, which does not happen very often. As you know, if you listen to this podcast all year, I didn't miss a single of the four games last year and the year before I was pretty decent. If I remember right, this is the worst I felt about a wildcard weekend in a while. I, I and maybe it's the COVID year and the no home field advantage and all that, but I just I don't have a feel for hardly any of these games. And even the game I like the most is the Tennessee Titans who I've watched throw up on themselves a couple of times this year. So that is our uh, that's our NFL picks. With all that said, I'm I'm talking like I'm I'm about to go take a math test or something. It's gonna be fun to watch. I'm just not sure if it's gonna be profitably fun. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just uh, uh wager what you want to wager and uh put put your action out there and sit back and uh, uh find your favorite beverage and Enjoy the ride. I mean, we're getting six. We're getting six playoff games this year. Oh yeah, greatest yeah. Uh, greatest time of the year. Yeah, can't complain about that. So, uh, to, yeah, just uh, sit back and enjoy the fun. To rehash real quick, you went Colts plus six with a three, Seattle minus three and a half 
uh, with a four. Washington plus eight with a one confidence wise. Tennessee with a five. Saints with a six and Cleveland with a two. I went Buffalo minus six with a five. Seattle minus three and a half with a four. Washington like you with a one. Tennessee with a six. Chicago with a three. And we both had Cleveland with a two. So that wraps up our playoff picks. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll roll the dice on the show next week as we predict the uh, the four divisional round games. Before we get out of here, though, we will go to the national title game. And this has been a difficult one to get a line on because, as I mentioned at the top of this show, Ohio State is dealing with COVID issues. Reports earlier in the week that they were worried about not having enough players to play this game. It's looking like they're going to play this game, but how close to full strength are they? Justin Fields is going to play, but I doubt he's fully healthy after everything that came out um, after that playoff game. The What I'm seeing right now is Alabama minus eight and a half, and they rolled through Notre Dame, brutal backdoor cover by Notre Dame in a game that was not close. And then Ohio State just absolutely whooped Clemson and really just kind of shut everyone up about the whole six games. They didn't deserve to be there thing. They look good. Justin Fields looked the part. That was the most surprising result of the bowl games. But uh, where are you going in the national title Monday night? Man, you know, uh, it's hard to bet against Alabama, man. I mean, they've uh, that's a good team, man. Dante Smith is, um, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to rank uh, collegiate wide receivers, but I'm, I mean, he's he's probably at least top two or three for sure. I mean, not many wide receivers won national uh, won the Heisman. So, uh, and I, I mean, I, I just I think that uh, you know the Fields kid just got a little bit on the beat upside uh, last week against Clemson, and uh, you know they need him at 125, if not 40 percent. You know, uh, so they need him to have you know the game of his career. I'm not saying that he uh, you know can't pull it off, but. I mean, I just think this Alabama team's just uh, just too good, man. Yeah, I'll just go well, – just for a contrarian sake, this is probably going to be a game where I just watch for fun and just sit back and relax and watch the game. I'll go Ohio State 8.5 just because why not? Alabama's destroyed everyone this year. I think they're by far and away the best team in the country. But if you're giving me more than a touchdown with Ohio State, somewhat close to full strength after what they did to Clemson, I'll buy into it. Why not? Their money line's plus 255. Again, it's hard to get a feel in this college football season. Don't have much of a feel on that one, but whatever, just for contrarian's sake. Yeah, I'm like I said, it should be a good game. I mean, I'm not saying that Alabama's going to roll them up, but um, I mean, you know, they have the potential to. But if you see, you know, Alabama um, jump on early, fourteen nothing, and you know, Ohio State eventually gets himself into the game and get an, uh, you know, an answer on a fourteen to seven. It'll be a game, but I mean, you know, uh, Alabama does have that extra gear, and uh, so I just, I'm just kind of hoping for a good game. But uh, 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 I, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. But uh, I think Alabama's just too strong, man. Yep, I think that's probably what ends up happening as well. They've been just so dynamic offensively all year, and they might get Jalen Waddle back at towards ACL in the season opener, and then. You know, as if they needed any more weapons on the perimeter, my God. But that'll be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to these games this weekend. That's uh, that's our show. We're uh, into the playoffs, Greg. I think we got at least one more of these shows in us with the divisional games next weekend. But uh, this flew by. It's no longer September. Yeah, I mean, you know, remember at one point we were hoping that we'd get five or six football games. And uh, we've already uh, finished the whole college uh, uh, season. And uh, 
a full NFL season. So, um, so kudos to the NFL and uh, NCAA getting this thing done. Could not agree more. One more time before we get out of here, go check him out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. I'm whipping up some filet burgers this weekend. You should check out everything they have going on. If you made it this far in the podcast, you're uh, you're old enough to remember the tease Greg had in terms of everything they got going on at the store. It made me hungry listening to. Go check him out. Throw something on the grill this weekend, and it is uh, football crunch time. I will, uh, I'll see you next week, man. I appreciate it. All right, man, as always, and y'all have a good, uh, good uh, entertaining uh, NFL playoff weekend. If you like what you heard today, please go uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. You can say whatever you want in the comment section. Greg and I will be back at it probably for our finale next week uh, for the divisional games. But uh, hope thanks for listening and hope everyone has a safe and happy uh, football weekend. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc